I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are new here this morning, or maybe this is your first time here on a Sunday morning. Maybe you joined us on Christmas Eve and you're here again this morning, whether you're in person or online. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Alex. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, what we're all about here is really simple. It's just about connecting, connecting people to God, to each other, so together we can engage our world for good. Together we hope you experience a little bit of all those things here this morning. This is week one of a series of messages called Living Supernaturally. We are eight days into the new year. How many of you are still hanging tough with your resolutions? How many of you still hanging tough? A few hands? A few? Uh, Yeah, sure. Like We'll try not to hate you in our hearts. We love you. We'll try to love you still. Now, regardless of whether or not you're like a New Year's resolutions kind of a person, many of us have tried to make change, right? A New Year's a new time to try to make change or move in a certain direction. And change is hard, right? Making change is just difficult. Uh, my first year out of college, I had a great boss. And she was very complimentary and very, like, very affirming. And she said to me, Alex, your biggest problem is you need a hobby. What a great boss, right? What a great boss to say, I needed to find a hobby. So my personal goal for that year, find a hobby. That was my personal goal. I tried several things. I thought they were all stupid. Failed at that goal. Year two, I need to find a hobby. Personal goal, find a hobby. Tried several things. Thought they were all stupid, hated them. Failed again. Year three, personal goal, find a hobby. For 16 straight years. My goal for my personal life was to find a hobby, and I failed miserably every single time. Now, partly because I wasn't sure it was that important, and partly because I didn't know how. Now, listen, you're probably much healthier than me when it comes to finding hobbies. I hope you are. But it's not an unusual experience to say, I'm not sure what's most important, and I'm not sure if I figured out what that was, how to get there, how to implement the change I want to make. This series checks both those boxes. There is nothing more important to your life here and now and into eternity that you figure out, understand what does it mean to live supernaturally, to access, to enter into the larger life of God that you were designed for. And anything and everything that you would want to change in your life in 2023, anything that you'd want to make new, any habit you'd want to start or break, any weight you'd want to lose, any sort of practice, any new career move, everything, everything, everything in your life would benefit by you growing and learning what it means to live. It's part of the supernatural life. Because it turns out that living supernaturally is just shorthand for living how you were designed to live. That you were designed to integrate God's life and the natural life here, right now, in your, in your work, in your school, your friendships, your family, whatever drama you're facing in your extended family or at work, any challenges you're facing, everything, everything, everything was meant to be integrated, not disintegrated, between the spiritual life and the natural life to bring those things together. But it's hard to know how to get there, right? And it seems kind of far off, and living supernaturally seems kind of like, you know, kind of elusive and floating. So what we're going to do over these next several weeks is just map out and wrestle with what does it look like for you and me to live the way God designed us to live, where we bring together all God's resources and all the the challenges of this life in a way that produces flourishing. Not a life without problems, right? There's plenty of problems to go around. We're not floating through life. Jesus doesn't float, and we're not going to float either. Not a life where miracles are happening every three seconds, although by God's grace we'll experience some things and God's movements, maybe in ways that we don't expect or can't even anticipate. It's earthy, it's gritty, and it's integrated. All of God's resources, God's power, God's peace, God's mercy, God's justice, God's righteousness, all of God's abundance 
poured into you and through you, bringing together all the challenges, all the opportunities, everything in front of you right here, right now, and all of God's resources that you might actually live the supernatural life. It is possible. You were made for it, and you don't want to miss it. Now, we're going to start a little bit today by talking about backstories. And to start with, I want to ask the question, how many of you have a quirk in your personality that you're aware of that you can totally blame on your parents? Genetics, that, what they, things they said, things they did. How many of you know you got a quirk or two? Yes, you can totally blame on your parents. Yes, isn't that awesome to you know, blame your parents for your quirks? I've got children. I fully expect them to blame me for the rest of their lives for all their quirks. Like, this is the gift I'm giving to them. When I meet someone new for the first time, one of my favorite questions is, tell me your story, because people's backstories often tell you something about who they are and why they are the way that they are. We're going to jump in today in Luke chapter 4. This is likely Jesus' first recorded teaching. And in it, he's going to talk about that, what it looks like for him to live the supernatural life. But before we get there, it's going to be important for us to get the backstory. The backstory is going to show us how Jesus arrives at this place where he's entering into and launching the supernatural life. And he's going to give us a little bit of some of the elements, some of the ingredients. What does it mean for you and I to live the same supernatural life that Jesus himself lived? Now, in Luke, it's, it's, Luke's the story we're going to pick up in. And Luke, I'm sorry, Luke has the backstory of, uh, of Christmas. So even if you're not a Bible nerd, you know about Christmas, and we celebrate Christmas, and yay. And then he skips pretty quickly from the, from, the, uh, from the birth of Jesus to the launching of his ministry at about age 30. About age 30, what Jesus does is he launches into the three most consequential years in human history. Three years. That's all he lived. He launches the most consequential movement in human history. It's not just that, the, that Christianity is the biggest religion ever, as the most followers of any religion ever. It's that Christianity has shaped our understanding of government, justice, business, economics. Christians are the ones who started the whole nonprofit sector, were started by Jesus followers. Hospitals were invented by Jesus followers. In three short years, Jesus has changed the entire world and all of human history, in part because he lived supernaturally. He integrated all of God's resources and realities with the very real challenges that he faced, the very real opportunities he faced, and he lived faithfully in line with God's purposes and God's spirit all his days. And the event that kicks off the three most consequential years in human history starts with his baptism. And so Jesus goes to get baptized by his cousin John. And his cousin John says, whoa, 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 whoa. I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. And here's what Jesus says in Matthew, starting in uh, chapter 3, verse 15. Jesus says this. Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Now, righteousness, the way that Matthew talks about it, is just submission to God, right? Surrender to God, participation in God. It's proper for me. Jesus has a sense that he's here to fulfill someone else's work, someone else's story. Something's in motion. God's work is in motion. And Jesus is going to surrender and submit to that story. He's going to fulfill the work that God's been doing for centuries. All these Old Testament promises and prophecies. Jesus is like, I'm going to surrender and fulfill these things that God's been doing for hundreds of years throughout the Old Testament. And when Jesus submits himself to that call... Here's the crazy thing that happens. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. 
And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. My friends, where does living supernaturally start? Living supernaturally starts with surrendering to the supernatural already in operation. Learning to live supernaturally starts with surrendering to the supernatural that's already happening, right? Even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. God never stops, never stops working. And part of what it means, how we start to enter into the beautiful, magnificent, supernatural life is with surrender, surrender, surrender. Jesus surrenders to fulfill the righteousness, the plan that God has, and God responds with joy and delight. We also surrender in baptism. And then we cultivate and continue to surrender over and over and over again. Prayers that sound something like, God, I don't know what you're up to all the time. But whatever I understand, whatever I know, I surrender to it. I want to be a part of your story. I want to be a part of your working. I want to, be, I want to fulfill whatever righteousness, whatever goodness, whatever rightness is mine to fulfill and participate in. I want to align myself with that. Now... Here's the challenge. The challenge, the whole idea that surrender is at the core of this thing is this. The, the, the fallen natural life is all about, it's mostly about grasping for control and manufacturing outcomes, not cultivating a life of surrender, right? The fallen natural life, that is like sort of because of sin, we're cut off from the supernatural world, right? The supernatural world feels far off and distant and we're not always sure how to access it. So we're divorced from the supernatural life. So what else are we going to do? Well, we got to go figure things out. So we grasp for control, we strive for control, we strive to manufacture outcomes, make things happen, make as much money as you can, climb the ladder, make your family comfortable and safe and build this beautiful family and then, or maybe just have as much freedom as you can so no one bosses you around and tells you what to do. We try to control, manufacture outcomes. If you're a teenager, it's all about the grades and the right friend group and the right people liking you and following you and the wrong people not hating you or all, all that sort of thing. There's so much about a life that's about control and outcomes. And that's not all bad, right? You're, there are some things that are yours to control and some outcomes that are your responsibility to steward as faithfully as you possibly can. But my friends, there are significant natural limits to what you can accomplish merely living naturally. There are significant limits to what you can do, what you can control, and the outcomes you can manufacture, merely living naturally, right? Control freaks, listen, control freaks, I love you. I'm one of you, okay? But let's be honest, there's always more to control that you can't get to, isn't there? There's always stuff that you wish you could get your hands on, but you can't. It's so frustrating, right? Control freaks, anonymous. We'll, start a, we'll have a recovery group after the, after the message, okay? To come together. Outcomes people, some of you love to accomplish and achieve and crush it. Listen, blessings on you, but my friends, some, some things you just can't manufacture, some outcomes you can't achieve, and even when you do achieve it, how good does it feel for how long? About five minutes, and then it's the next thing, right? On to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. My friends, I've got really good news. There's more to life than control and outcomes. There's the life of God. There's this larger supernatural life that you were made for. And if you are tired of life merely lived by control and outcomes, I've got really good news. You're invited to supernatural life that God made you for. This is the primary fork in the road. This is the first fork in the road. The very first fork in the road for all of us is will your primary posture be about control and outcomes or will it be about surrender to the supernatural? Will your primary posture in life be about grasping for control, manufacturing outcomes, or will you make it surrender to the God who's always working, always moving, 
always for us. Now, it's not necessarily one or the other, right? We start with surrender. God, I surrender. I surrender my control. I surrender my outcomes. I surrender my life, my heart. And then, yeah, we go control with the arts of control. There's work for you to do. There are things that you should influence. There's stuff to do. There's families to take care of, kids to take care of, grandkids to take care of. There's work to be done. And all that's good and important. But my friends, at the end of the day, all that matters much, much less when you surrender to the God of the universe. And everything that you're doing is aligned with the God of the universe when surrender's at the core of it, right? I'm surrendering, my, I'm surrendering my agency. I'm surrendering my time and my days. And then, God, you tell me where you want me to go work. You show me what you want me to go do. And then at the end of the day, when we hit our limits, because there's always limits, we're not kicking against the goads. We embrace those limits joyfully because our life is no longer merely about control and outcomes. It is about the greater life of God. And so we embrace those limits joyfully. And so my friends, fork in the road number one. What is going to be your primary life posture? Are you willing to cultivate a, love, a life of surrender at the core of it? That then frees you to go exercise whatever agency you've got, whatever energies, whatever hours you've got in such a way that's aligned with God's purposes in the world. Today, if you are ready to sort of abandon life that is less than you were made for, if you're ready to replace control, striving, outcomes at the center of your life with surrender. I want to invite you to make that decision here this morning. We're going to have a baptism service in just a couple of weeks. I would love for you to say yes and amen, to surrender just like Jesus did, to fulfill all righteousness. Now, the picture of Jesus' baptism is kind of the highlight reel. It's kind of like what I think the supernatural life should look like, right? So sure, Jesus surrenders, but look what happens. Like the spirit of God descends on him like a dove. How awesome is that? And then a voice booms from heaven, right? James Earl Jones's voice booms from heaven. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. It's like Darth Vader and God like so happy, right? Delighted over this. This is what I think the supernatural life should look like, right? Booming voices, big fireworks, all that kind of great stuff. If this is what supernatural living looks like, awesome, I'm here for it. But then something crazy happens immediately after the party at the Jordan River. Here's what happens. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the, boo, wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. This is not what I want from the supernatural life. It's not what I want from the supernatural life, right? If I've got God's spirit, I feel like I think God's spirit should lead me away from the wilderness, not into the wilderness, right? Wilderness is heartache, loneliness, isolation, testing, trial, late nights, early mornings, sometimes lots of tears. My friends, any illusion that Living supernaturally means no difficulties is dispelled by Jesus' supernatural life. Any illusion that living supernaturally means you just sort of skate through life without any troubles is dispelled by Jesus' supernatural life. The Spirit leads him right into the wilderness. And so the real question for Jesus at this point, before he breaks out, before his big teaching debut, before he launches three years, that's going to change the world. The real question for Jesus and for you and me is this, will Jesus follow the spirit into the wilderness and remain faithful in the midst of all the challenges therein? And will we, will Jesus follow the spirit into the wilderness and remain faithful in the midst of all those temptations, all the challenges, and will we? Because sometimes living supernaturally means we follow the Spirit into the wilderness. Because in the hands of the Holy Spirit, the wilderness is a teacher and a shaper and a formational 
instrument in our lives. There are some things in this fallen world that you can only learn in the wilderness. There's some things in this fallen world you can only learn in the wilderness. Now, to be clear, not every wilderness situation is this Holy Spirit leading us, right? Sometimes we end up in the wilderness because of someone else's sin, their affair, their mismanagement, their corporate greed, their selfishness, their thoughtlessness, their, 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 their animosity, just meanness, whatever, right? Sometimes other people's sin lands us in the wilderness and God can redeem all that and work through all that. Sometimes our own sin and our own stupidity lands us in the wilderness too, right? Sometimes the things that we did, we said, we shouldn't have done, we're the ones that make the mistake. Sometimes that's how we end up in the wilderness and God can redeem all that as well. But there are times when the Spirit leads us into very, very difficult places, seasons, locations to refine us and shape us and to make us into the men and women he designed us to be in the beginning. And the question is, will we follow and remain faithful when it gets hard? Because living supernaturally means following the Spirit and remaining faithful no matter where the Spirit leads us. For some of you, this is your fork. Fork of the road number two, right? Some of you, this is your fork. The Spirit is leading you Someplace you'd rather not go. You feel the prompting. You're going to the new year. You know God wants something, you to do something, and you would rather not do it. This morning, I'm here to say, if the Spirit's leading, you want to go, no matter where it's leading you. Some of you, you're in the wilderness, and you're exhausted. You've been there for a while, days, weeks, months, and months, and months, and you're just tired of it, and you're thinking, man, maybe it'd just be easier if I just sinned. If I just did this thing, it would at least offer some relief. Or maybe you've already fallen into that trap. You've already kind of, you've been lost. You've been in a hard spot. And man, you reached out and did something that you maybe now regret. And maybe that's why you're here. But my encouragement to you, something I say around here regularly, do not complicate a hard situation with a bad decision. Do not complicate a hard situation with a bad decision. The wilderness is always a hard situation. It's lonely. It's exhausting. Do not complicate a hard wilderness situation with a bad decision. Drinking to excess. Always a bad decision that complicates a hard situation. Drugs to numb the pain. Always a bad decision that complicates a hard situation. Lying, cheating, the affair, cutting corners, finding ways to sort of try to manipulate, manufacture outcomes that you want, try to cut corners to get out quicker, almost always complicates a hard situation with a bad decision. And part of what's hard about that is this. Every time you make a bad decision, it pushes you further and further away from the supernatural life. And what you need when you're in the wilderness, you need more of God's power and presence, not less. When you're in the wilderness, you need more of God, not less of God. So don't cut yourself off from the power and the source to make you a resilient man or woman in the midst of the wilderness. Do not push yourself away from God's grace and mercy and power and strength by making a bad decision that cuts you off from the grace available to you. You want to be resilient in the wilderness. Do not complicate a hard situation with a bad decision. Instead, continue to walk as faithfully as you possibly can in the midst of the challenges. Living supernaturally. A couple things from Jesus' backstory that shows us what living supernaturally looks like. Number one, surrendering is the posture to the supernatural. Entering in through surrender. Key to experiencing the supernatural. And the second thing that Jesus does is he follows the spirit and remains faithful no matter where he's been led. That's part of the challenge of living supernaturally naturally. Before Jesus' inaugural teaching, where he's going to kick off the three most consequential years in human history, Jesus passes both those tests. He adopts both those postures. And as he goes to his hometown, he, go, he arrives in a way that is more and more full of who God is, more full of what God's up to than he ever was before. Look, look, look at Luke 4, starting as verse 14, briefly here, Jesus' opening teaching in the Gospels of Luke. Jesus returned to Galilee and the power of the Spirit. News about him spread through the whole countryside. 
He was teaching in their synagogues. And everyone, sorry about that. There it is. And everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up and read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Many years ago, I was at the first gathering of a ministry that I loved as they were undergoing a transition. There was a, a, a guy who'd been the director of that ministry for decades. He was famous in his circles for doing really good work, really impressive work. He was retiring. New guy was stepping in, right? And so there was some anxiety in the air, new guy coming in, new challenges, new opportunities. People knew this, 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 this person, but still it was a major, major transition. And I was there and cheering them on and praying for it. And I began to think, if I was this new guy, what would I say? Like, what would I say here? Opening day, first day, new era, new season. And for those of you who've been around here for a while, you know what I would probably say. Let's go. God's good. You're beautiful. There's great, great days ahead. And I would talk way, way, way too fast. That's what I would have done and said. Fortunately for this ministry that I love, I was not the one in charge that day. The new guy, John, very thoughtful, very deep very wise and deeply, deeply prayerful. And so it was no surprise after he gets up and says a few words that he had everyone, all the troops, get in groups of two or three to pray for this transition because the ministry that he was gonna lead was gonna be built on prayer. That's what he was leading with. That's what he was starting with. Prayer was gonna inaugurate things and prayer was gonna sustain things throughout the course of his ministry. And it's still there nine years later. Jesus is launching the most consequential three years in human history. It's a teaching ministry. And on the other side of Jesus' surrender to God at baptism, on the other side of him following the Spirit and enduring and staying faithful in the midst of the wilderness, Luke describes Jesus as even more full of the Spirit, more full of the power of the Spirit. There is a spiritual authority Jesus has on the other side of baptism and wilderness. It turns out baptism and wilderness were charging stations for the work Jesus was sent out to do. Baptism, highlight reel, great moments, receiving his identity, uh, celebrating the spirit falling on him, all that was part of powering Jesus up. And then the wilderness too was formative in him being full of the spirit as he returns to his home, his home place, his home region, and his home town. And then he gets a chance to speak and he, and he looks at a scroll written about 700 years before Jesus was born from the prophet Isaiah. And it starts with a declaration of the supernatural life. Isaiah, the passage he read, said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Anointing is typically for a work or for a role or for a task or for a title. What's Jesus been anointed full of the Spirit to do? Here's what the task is going to look like. Proclaim good news to the poor. Proclaim freedom for the prisoners. When the spirit falls on Jesus, who's he, atten who's he paying attention to? Kicks off at the poor, the prisoners. Now, proclamations are nice and all, right? Proclaim, proclaim, proclaim. Proclaim is a word that Jesus uses throughout. But proclamation only matters if you have the power to enact what you proclaim. So if today I hereby proclaimed that all y'all just won the lottery, don't get too excited. I don't have the authority to enact what I proclaimed. But Jesus is the living word. And all throughout his ministry, he's going to speak and bodies are healed. 
He's going to speak and lives are changed. Jesus has the power to enact what he proclaims. He has come to proclaim good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners. When when Isaiah first wrote this passage about prisoners, the people he probably had in mind were people in debtor's prison, right? People who couldn't pay their debts. And when a new king came into power, what the new king would often do is release everyone in debtor's prison. It was a great way to curry favor, right? Kind of, and start a new thing. Jesus is sort of riffing off this and says, well, listen, today I've come to release those in prison who are in debt. And then these really, really earthy actions, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. And over the next three years, Jesus is going to literally give sight back to the blind and heal bodies that are broken and sick in all kinds of ways. And he's going to walk among an oppressed people who are conquered by the Romans. And he's going to declare a kingdom where freedom reigns. And he's going to invite them into a freedom with God and in God that no kind of kingdom, no earthy kingdom, no empire could steal from them or take away. See, what Jesus is showing in this is he's talking about the beautiful spirit of God intersecting very earthy, gritty, normal realities, everyday life. And what Jesus shows us is this. Living supernaturally is about reintegrating the natural world and God's supernatural world. That's what supernatural living looks like. Jesus is the living, walking, breathing reintegration point between God's power, God's spirit, God's kingdom, and the earthy, natural things that we face all the time. Jesus is the natural, the living, breathing reintegration of the spiritual and the natural to bring two things together that should have never been torn apart to begin with. Jesus is coming to show us what it looks like to be fully human. He is inviting you and I into the same life. Here's the good news, my friends. You and I get to be points of reintegration between the natural and the supernatural. You and I, in Christ Jesus, also get the same Holy Spirit. You and I also get to be points of reintegration. We get to bring back together the life that God made us for. Listen, my friends, we get to not only live it out ourselves, we get to reintroduce it into the world. The world was made to run on God's spirit, God's power. It will not flourish apart from getting the fuel, the oxygen that God designed it to run on. And so we get to be instruments of God's grace and mercy and beauty pouring through your life, your personality, your workplace, your neighborhood, your family, being an instrument of that grace and mercy, reintegrating things that never should have been torn apart. Now, part of what it means for us to be instruments of God's kingdom coming and God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven, part of what it means for us to be deliberately instruments of that grace is we have to learn what is God's purpose on the earth? What does God want to do, right? What does God's kingdom look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? One of the keys to living supernaturally is really, really boring. Study. Jesus studied the scriptures. He knows the Isaiah passage. He loves the Isaiah passage. His whole life, he spends decades and decades and decades studying the scriptures, learning the scriptures, and surrendering to the scriptures, fulfilling the scriptures. He's not guessing what God's purposes are. He knows what they are. He studied them. He knows them. For some of us, we're willing we're, just, we're, we're open to being God's people. We just don't know what God's purposes are all about. For some of us, we're going to have to roll up our sleeves in 2023 in order to participate in the supernatural life like Jesus did. We're going to have to study the same scripture he studied. We're going to have to learn it, understand it, figure out what it looks like. Because here's the thing. When you and I, and we have our own, we have our own preferences, we know what we would like God's kingdom to look like. We know what we would wish God's kingdom to look like. But don't none of us have the full picture, right? I'm not saying that everything you want is wrong or bad. It's just that, that, that none of us has the full picture of what God's kingdom is about. And my friends, I hate to break it to you. Your news channel of, of choice also does not have the full picture of God's kingdom. 
you, the, the, the living, the supernatural life is not just ethereal. It's not just sort of the spirit falling and crazy things happen. It is rooted and grounded in what God has already revealed to us in the scriptures, already taught us in the scriptures. And so part of what it means to live supernaturally is we let those scriptures teach us, show us what does God want on the earth? Not just what I wish he wanted, not just what I think he wants. What has God actually already showed us he wants and what it looks like for us to be instruments of his kingdom coming, his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. For some of you, living supernaturally, it's not going to look particularly supernatural. It's going to be about opening scriptures, finding podcasts, books, finding ways to start to dig in, to dig into what the scriptures actually teach, that you might then live as a person who is living the supernatural life exactly as God describes it. Now, for all of us, we got plenty of knowledge. Maybe you've been in church for a long time. You got books and books and books on your shelf. You got all kinds of journals and notebooks. You've been to conferences. You got all kinds of sermon notes, all that kind of thing. For some of us, it's not about more head knowledge. It's about action. Some of you, you know all you need to know. You seem to do it. You know what you need to know. You seem to take steps of it intentionally, moving in that direction. Jesus not only knows the scriptures, he builds his whole life around the scriptures. He actually walks the walk. He lives it out. He heals people. He touches people. He serves people. He participates in God's kingdom coming, God's will being done in very earthy, tangible, practical ways. Some of you know more than you need to know. Are you living it out? Are you integrating it? Are you applying it? Are you finding ways to sort of where God's opening the door for you to be a person, a man, a woman who lives supernaturally in really tangible, concrete ways. Isaiah summarizes all, what all this means in beautiful, simple words, this beautiful phrase, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus declares, in your hearing, this prophecy, this promise has been fulfilled. Jesus has come to inaugurate the year of the Lord's favor. And I've got really, really good news for you. The year of the Lord's favor was not like 30 AD and you missed it. The year of the Lord's favor was not 30, like about 2,000 years ago. You were born 2,000 years too late. The year of the Lord's favor was inaugurated by Jesus around 30 AD. And because of his death and resurrection, because he's king of kings and lord of lords, this is the year of the Lord's favor. You are born into the era of the Lord's favor. My friends, my question for you is, what if 2023 was the year of the Lord's favor in your life because you're learning to live supernaturally? What if 2023 is the year of the Lord's favor in your life, right here, right now, the next 12 months, because you're learning to live supernaturally, even if you're not feeling especially favored right now? Even if circumstances feel hard, you feel challenges, there's threats, maybe you did something stupid, maybe you're in the wilderness for a variety of reasons, but what if, what if, what if 2023 is the year of the Lord's favor because you're learning to reintegrate the natural life and God's life into your everyday life right here, right now? What if you first of all surrendered to the good news of living in the year of the Lord's favor? Good news, my friends, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Victory has already been won by Jesus. There is grace, mercy, righteousness, justice available to you. You can't generate God's favor. You just receive God's favor. Walk in it. Surrender to it. Receive it. And then you follow the Spirit as the Spirit leads, wherever the Spirit leads. And sometimes, man, 2023 might be the year of the wilderness for you. But my friends, if that's where the Spirit is leading you, and that's where Jesus is, you don't want to be anywhere else. If Jesus is in the wilderness with you, you don't want to be anywhere where else and then along with Jesus we learn 
What does it mean to live out the supernatural life in earthy, gritty, everyday kind of ways? And then we take action. We take steps to integrate, to apply, to live it out. We're doing our toiletry bag collection as a small expression of the year of the Lord's favor. We're participating in his supernatural life in very gritty, earthy, natural kinds of ways. My friends, my invitation for you this morning, make 2023 your year of the Lord's favor by learning to live supernaturally. Make 2023 the year where you actually engage with this at a deeper level, more intentional level, because you're learning to integrate the life that Jesus lived out perfectly and showed us how we should live. And I want to invite you to walk through these steps. And in a second, I'm going to give you a chance to pray through these steps wherever you might be. First off, it starts with surrendering to the supernatural. We don't generate it. We just surrender to it. We swap out control or outcomes for whatever else God is inviting. And whatever else you might be kind of at the center of your life for surrendering to the supernatural. And then we follow the spirit wherever the spirit leads, even if it's in the wilderness, we follow, we follow, we follow. We remain faithful in the midst of that wilderness. We continue to make the decision to open ourselves up to the supernatural life, even in the wilderness, even when it feels like God has led us into the desert in the wilderness, we say, God, you're still good. Even here in this desert, I will trust you. I will trust you. I will trust you. We study to know the purposes of God, to understand the purposes of God. And then we act on the purposes of God. I'm going to put these all up here on the screen, and here's what we're going to do to close out the message. I'm going to pray through these different prompts, these different elements, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause at each, at each little bullet point, and I'm going to invite you to make it your own prayer. Whatever you need to pray today, whatever prayer you need to pray, whatever business you need to do with the Lord to open yourself up to the supernatural life, we're going to give you a, a beat just to sort of receive it, pray it, and to learn to start to walk in it. So we're going to move now to a time of prayer and reflection where I'm going to invite you to pray silently before the Lord to open yourself up to the supernatural life, the life that you were designed for. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for showing us what the supernatural life looks like and how you entered into that. And Lord, this morning for many of us that feels far away, for some of us, that feels familiar and we're excited about it. For others of us, it feels like it's a distant thing. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to enter into the supernatural life just like you entered into the supernatural life. And Lord, it started with your surrender. So, Lord, we're going to start with surrender too. This morning, if you need to move something else from the center of your life, control outcomes or something else, and display and replace that with surrender and put surrender at the center of your life. I want you to take just a few seconds now to pray that prayer of surrender, just like Jesus himself surrendered to God's purposes. Take a beat to surrender now before the Lord. If you have a sense of that same Holy Spirit that prompted Jesus to go to the wilderness is prompting you to take a step that you'd rather not take to move in a direction you'd rather not go to go someplace you'd rather not go. I want to invite you to acknowledge that before the Lord and then ask for the strength and the courage to follow. if you're in the wilderness maybe you've been there for a long time 
Maybe you're tired, exhausted, lonely, isolated. Maybe you feel tempted in all kinds of ways. Maybe you've already fallen into temptation and there's already a, a trail of mistakes and heartbreak immediately in your wake. The call and the invitation is to remain faithful to the Spirit even in the wilderness. Today, if you're in the wilderness and struggling in any way, would you just pray a prayer of commitment to walk faithfully and to remain faithful and to repair as faithfully as you can any damage done here in the wilderness? here this morning and you know you need to study you need to grow in understanding what the, the kingdom might look like what God's purposes might look like and you've got your own preferences your own picture but maybe there's work that needs to be done you need to ground yourself more concretely in the scriptures pray a prayer of commitment to engaging with the scriptures in 2023 as a part of you living supernaturally there's a step of action that you need to take, something you know you need to do, something you know you, that God wants you to do, something that's clear from the scriptures or just in your life to integrate, to actually implement living supernaturally in concrete, tangible ways, would you pray a prayer of commitment to taking that step of action? Jesus, this was a little bit of your map of what it looked like for you to live supernaturally. We pray that our hearts would be quickened, our minds, our spiritual imaginations would come alive, that we might follow you into the supernatural life, follow you into the purposes of God, follow you in being men and women who help bring together things that never should have been torn apart, the natural and the supernatural, would we be men and women who are instruments of your grace and mercy, beauty, truth, justice, and righteousness poured into us and through us into a broken and weary world to make it more beautiful, less broken, exactly as you describe it and call us to do. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to step in, take baby steps into living the supernatural life. We pray in your strong and mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen.